Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, welcome to the STG Podcast, where we speak to business owners, entrepreneurs, and people in fitness and health. Today, we have Fernando Castillo, a really good friend of mine since childhood, and someone who really does stocks and cryptocurrency. He's uh, dived into a lot of education about it. He even has his own website, homeincomeboost.com, where he has his own watch list, and you can check that out. So hopefully today we all learn something. Astronomy shop through We've pretty much been together all, all day. Yeah, we, we got, got a good workout in. Yeah, you started the day off right. You killed me with that one. It's alright. You probably needed it. Yeah, no, I did. Absolutely did. I uh, I like pushing that that boundary. Figure out where you know where you're gonna quit. And <laughs> you were about to quit. Uh, cause that. So you had me doing what was it? Two laps. For which I don't run. That was the warm up. Yeah, yeah, that was the warm up. Yeah, <laughs> that was the warm up. Yeah. And then I think I got all the way through round two of the what was it? It was burpees, lunges for like twenty, and uh-huh. then uh, ten to fifteen push ups, and then uh-huh. lunges back. Right. And then you repeat. Yeah, four no. rounds of that, and then a lap. Yeah, and I had to, you know, cut that off to three. Yeah, yeah, you had to tone it down a little bit. Yeah, it's fine. Like I said, <laughs> I was, it wasn't a race, so no, I was like, what in the world is this man on? But no, I've uh, I, I really like that, and I'm uh, like I said earlier, uh, if you want to ever do it again, I'd love to. No, yeah, but if if, if you're usually, I think my, my body was in shock. I was like. You gasped me for it. Yeah. yeah, I feel you, man. That's when I started doing stuff like that. It was the same, but yeah. you get used to it, and and you start, uh, you know, pushing yourself harder and harder and harder. Like the what we did today was like a warm up for me. Yeah, you know, the whole thing. Well, you know, I, like, I, I for could you, tell it was a warm up. Yeah, for you, you know, <laughs> that's why I was just like, um, you know, uh, tone it down a little bit. 
Yeah. You know, don't kill yourself over yeah. it. Yeah. I don't, race. Go I don't your try own to race. Pace. Yeah. But I was like, all right, let me keep up with them for this pace. And then I'm like, there's no way I can keep up with them, especially knowing what we were going to be doing after yeah. or not knowing what we were I was like, yeah, nah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I was looking good. at you from the distance, and then you turned around so disrespectful and started running backwards. I was like, "No, guys, nah, <laughs> just check it on you, man. Make sure you didn't die on me back there." You know, <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. But um, so can you tell the people who you are? What is it that you do? And- yeah. So um, my name is Fernando Castillo. Uh, you know, I. I'm a car salesman. I work at Now Sales and Service. Um, I've been doing that for the last nine years. So, you know, um, I'm also into trading stocks on the side. I got into cryptocurrency in 2017, when like in, in early 2017, right before you know there was that big pop at the end of the year on that on that market. Um, and you know, I got I got my website. Um, that I told you about. Yes, home plug that, please. Yeah, homeincomeboost.com. Uh, Say that again? Homeincomeboost.com. Okay. So, you know, I just post really, I've been putting more content on trading on there because, you know, I'm more into that uh, aspect of it. But the, the website, I made it just to put, you know, my a free watch list out there um, so other people can see what I'm looking at. Uh, so, you know, I give more, I give like more than just entry prices, like kind of like my thoughts behind, you know, the trade, why I'm looking at that stocks, you know, I'll put like links to relative content and where I got my information from. If anybody wants to look at the resources and, you know, the other half of the website is meant to like, kind of like, uh, document my journey into like affiliate marketing because mm-hmm. I'm trying to get into that as well. It's kind of funny. Uh, back in 2010, when um, when I first learned about it, I was actually trying to get into trying to get into it and figure out ways to do it. And I, uh, you know, I, I gave up on it. Um, you know, I was younger back then. I was, you know, 20 years old partying, right. you know, didn't really put the focus I needed to do to put in it, um, at the time. So I kind of like left that fall off and I'm just like picking it back up now recently, like probably like last year. So I took this course that kind of basically showed me how to create a website, um, from scratch. Uh, so, you know, I, 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 I was, and it was like more of a community, uh, base. Um, and obviously there was like a training path that you could take that walk you through the steps and then walk you through the steps through affiliate marketing as well. Also, um, because it's really the point of the website is like, if you, I mean, you can just have a blog and just post your contact on there and not even monetize it. But obviously for me, I want to have, you know, another little side stream of income. income. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not, um, you know, I'm just putting content out there and it just kind of like, uh, pays for itself over time. Uh, you know, the, the website's, uh, fairly new. I just, I just opened it on, I think in November, I want to say November of last year. And I, I thought been, it was dope. Yeah. yeah I, the I, amount of information that you put on there, the way that you, you listed everything. And then I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I, it's, you know, everything that is on there, all that content, the, the way the website look, uh, I did all that. Um, I wrote, you know, all the watch lists, I wrote all the content on there. Um, I had, I outsourced two articles to people on, um, what is it? Fiverr? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fiverr. 
uh, just to, you know, because um, obviously, you know, writing, work, relationship, working out, all that stuff is very time consuming. Exactly. So, you know, when I come home at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, man, you know, I got to write this and finish this one up and uh, make another page and post right. this up. And it's just like, you know, you, get, you only have so much time in a day. So I try to outsource the uh some of the some of the uh, posts, like a new post that I wanted to put up on the website, and like when those people like wrote, you know, I, I think I paid like thirty or forty bucks somewhere around those lines for both um, articles for them to write, and like at the end of the day, when I got it back, I still had to go in there and edit it, and right, you so know, so but you at know, least most of the work was done. You just had to, just... yeah, um, you know, there there's a it was most of the work was done, but. The way what I learned out of that was like, you know, nobody's going to really write the way I want them to write. Of you course. Know, at the end of the day, you're kind of just giving them notes, you know, how you want it structured, you know, what to mention, um, you know, what the tone should be in the, uh, in the, in the article. But other than that, you know, once you get it back, if it's not 100% like you like it, you know, you got to go in there and touch it up. And instead of me going back and forth with them and telling them, hey, do this or do that, and then, you know, keep going back and forth with them and be like, oh, no, it's still not right. Or, this is right. I could just rather just spend that time doing it myself and, you know, put it in the effort. Just, right. And, like, this whole thing, and, like, even with trading, uh, I told you this before, like, it's not about how quickly I'm going to monetize everything. It's more about the journey, like, how the process, you mm-hmm. know, because... The process is really what's going to make you grow over time. You'll have experience. You know how to do this. You know how to do that. You know, like I, I, I didn't know anything about building a website um, two years ago or a year and a half ago. You know, like well, and this is like the second website I made. I made one for fitness, which I let that go. That was just kind of like a test dummy. Right. Um, and then I was just like, you know, um, there's, there's, and it's just like niche space. Like this is more like obviously making income from home base, you know, right. that type of niche. The other one was more fitness, but it's fitness is very, uh, broad, you know? So, um, and this is kind of broad too, you know, making money from home, you know, there's a bunch of other ways to do it, but I'm mainly just focusing on trading stocks on the side, and, you know, getting into affiliate marketing, mm-hmm. um, eventually. And, you know, if, if anybody doesn't know what that is, is basically, um, you take somebody's product or service, uh, you create content around it or you advertise it for them. And then when people buy through your affiliate links, uh, which looks just like a regular link, mm-hmm. uh, you get a commission. Right. So I kind of touched on that on my last episode. I did like a just, I think it was like a 30 minute episode. It just talked about uh, affiliate marketing and how, because uh, with the, the podcast, I wanted to get into that where I just had little links and yeah. Yeah, you, know, you make you, you make do that like fifteen percent like, of the sale right. or whatever. It like is. I was telling you, like you have equipment here that you use, mm-hmm. and then you could post your feedback about it. Right. You know, you could even start a little blog, a free blog, and just post feedback about the equipment you use. Do a review about it, and when people find that, regardless if they know it or not, they click on your link. Um, there, you sh- there. I mean, it is a law now that you do have to have a disclaimer on the page. Um, letting people know that there are affiliate links on the page. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they click on them, you'll get a commission. You do have to disclose that. Um, 
So, but basically, you know, you could do reviews about your products or you could just recommend it. Um, and if people, you know, click through your links and they, and it links them to Amazon and they buy, you know, a microphone or they go and buy more than just a microphone, not just a part that you review, but they buy other things. Um, and get that shopping cart, you still get all that kickback, you yeah. know, because the, the way affiliate marketing works is like they give you, um, you know, when somebody clicks on your link, it downloads a cookie into your browser. Right. So that cookie stays on your browser for like 30 days. Um, so say somebody clicked on it, you know, that day they, they read your article and they didn't do anything. Well, if they go to, let's just say Amazon later and, you know, a week later and they buy something, you'll get some money out of it because that cookie's still in there. Right. After 30 days, it expires. You know, like every company has different time frames of how long that cookie will stay in there, but usually it's like 30 days, yeah. you know? Something I've noticed a lot more recently is as I go shopping on different websites and everything is that there are, like, it's asking you, like, do you accept these cookies? And I'm like, what in the world? Yeah, it's, 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 that's another thing too that came out recently is that um, if you're, if you have a website that collects, um, that, that uses cookies to collect data, uh, you have to disclose that. You know, anytime you go to a website now, it'll have a pop-up saying, hey, these are, you know, you have to agree to our cookies in order to browse. You know, some of them are really annoying. They won't let you browse a website unless you agree to it. Right. Other ones, they give you the option of decline it so they the cookies don't kick in and they can't track you. Yeah. But that's, that's how all these, you know, tech companies start tracking people. They start putting cookies in your browser. They know what you're looking at. They know your your shopping habits. So the that's Instagram, yeah. That's yeah. how Instagram figures out how to. Yeah, which I mean, to... there's other things other than cookies that track that type of stuff. Um, and you know, I learned about this stuff over time just by, you know, obviously that research. Course, yeah, yeah, research the course that I was in, and you know, explaining all that kind of stuff to it, and I found it interesting. So yeah, the website is right now. Like I said, there's more content on there about trading stocks. Then there is affiliate marketing. I'm just doing like product reviews mainly on, on but the you other end. it weekly, right? I try to. I'm not as consistent as I would like to be. I think my last post was obviously a watch list and it was probably done last, at the end of the last month, I want to say. You yeah, know? you did one for 8 1, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So uh, I, I try to check up on it. It could have, uh, you could be right. Um, yeah, it could be right. Yeah, I, I, it, I, I, like I said, I'm not as consistent on it um, as I would like to be. I wish I had more time, but you know, for me, the watch list—the more you do it, the quicker you could do it. Um, you know, and like I could, I could, uh, I, I could post charts on there, my ideas. It's just nice having a. It's like a home online. Right. You know, you could, you could really. It's like a hub. You know, it's like your own little universal hub and you can eventually like um, I want to open up a a trading account that is kind of sketch and I don't recommend anybody doing it. I mean, I've done my end of research, but I want to open up an account with um, uh, a broker, mm-hmm. not in the U.S. So I'm not under the PDT rule, which means if you have twenty five thousand dollars. Um, or less than twenty five thousand dollars in a trading account, you can't you can't make more than three day trades in a in a day. So that limits the amount of opportunities I could take advantage of. So I don't like that. As you know, so 
I want to, what I want to kind of get in the habit of doing is like on my days off on Thursdays, um, which is usually my day off during the week. I will, you know, I want to, I want to spend probably like the morning half and, and, and day trade and make a couple hundred bucks, you know, with a small account. Um, I, and, and grow it over time, you know, once it gets, once it gets to the point where I could, uh, I could, I have enough funds in there where I could actually fund a U.S. broker and be above the PDT rule. Um, I'll pull those funds out of that overseas broker and, you know, put it into a U.S. Uh, brokerage account and start just day trading from there. I like the hustle. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it, like I said, it's a process over time. And if you're like in a hurry to do everything to make money and do this and do that and rush it, you're not really going to learn anything. Yeah. You're not going to gain anything out of that. Um, it's better to just take the experience in slowly, learn from it, learn from your mistakes and, you know, grow over time. And eventually, you know, you're, you'll get there, you yeah. know? Um, so it's, it's definitely like, you know, like I said, it's definitely like a journey. You know, that's yeah. the way you got to kind of look at it. There'll be ups and downs, but you know, eventually one day you'll wake up and you'll be at that point where you want to be at. Yeah, so, I'm talking about having 25 grand to mess around with. That's yeah, that's <laughs> unfortunately the amount of money you got to have in a day trading account yeah. or to make as many day trades as you want. Well, if you have more days like today, I think you said today you made $200 doing nothing. So Yeah, it's it's from a position I had open from like two months ago. It's a three hundred dollar. This is not stocks. This is in you know cryptocurrencies. Oh, okay. But, um, you know, it was a like a three hundred dollar investment, and you know, yesterday I think I sent you a screenshot. It was like twenty four hundred bucks, and now it's twenty six hundred bucks. Right. So you know, I just slept, and I just looked at my phone. Just now, it's up another two hundred bucks. So you know, it was a three hundred investment that you know, pretty much doubled. Um, yeah, more than doubled. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, so it's, 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 uh, you know, I always look at it as a way like I could have all my money in the bank doing nothing or I can put it into these, you know, put a little bit of money in these, you know, uh, cryptocurrencies that I think have potential and, and you never know, you know, yeah. like if I just left those $300 sitting in my bank account, it'd still be $300 something versus $2,600 what it is right now. Something that I, I was kind of like looking at today. Um, through a friend and this is one of the mistakes that I made and I don't think it's a huge mistake, but, um, it can be costly. Uh, he was like, Oh, look into this stock. And then, uh, I was like, all right, I looked into it and it was a workhorse. Yeah. And like they jumped like, man, I think they like tripled their stock in uh -huh. like a couple days. I, I, I seen them. Yeah. And then I think it was like $9 and then it jumped up to 20. Yeah. And then I was like, man, I got in way too late. Like for me to jump in, but like right now they're like they're they're kind of yeah in um, that same trend. So I'm like, so I'm trying to find the ticker on it, pull it up on here, but I can't remember it anyway. Yeah, I saw that one run it up, and um, I wasn't really like I didn't pay attention to it too much. Um, you know, it was just something I missed missed out on. And the thing is that I learned over time with trading is that. You know, there's something called FOMO. That's fear of missing out. Yeah. That's what everybody <laughs> likes to call it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, when you get that feeling, you know, the best thing you should do is just not do anything. Because more, more times than not, if you buy off of that emotional aspect of it, 
um, nine out of ten times you're probably gonna lose some money, you know, because you're you're you got in at a very high price. I got the uh, the ticker for you. What is it? WKHS. Yeah. So see, it's it's back it's hanging around fifteen dollars. So yeah. Let me pull up the daily chart on this guy. So that's where it topped out. It was $22. Yeah. Yeah, that's a crazy run. And, like, you know, this this type of run, um, you know, I wouldn't – if I would be buying this right now, I would trade it. I wouldn't be, like, in, investing this on, on a long-term aspect of it. Again, I don't know much about this company. I don't, I don't look at their filings. I don't look at their balance sheets or anything like that, but just from a technical point of view on it. Right. You know, well, something you were saying was that you don't really, you don't really, and when you're doing your trading, you're not really looking at it as a long-term standpoint for, no. for some of them. Yeah. Cause trading is, trends. trading is not, I mean, there is trading where it's more long-term, but for me, um, you know, I have an account for swing trading and I'm going to open up this broker account overseas for day trading, of course. Um, so the one that I the one that I have right now that I've been actively trading on on is uh it's on the platform Fingerstrand with TD Ameritrade. Uh you know, you could open up an account with them and they give you a free trading software which is really nice, it's really good with the charts. Um and I've been using it um since I got into it. Uh I got into trading, so it's like the platform is my go-to, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the best. It's not the fastest for day trading. I don't recommend using it for day trading. Um, you know, this is a great platform for swing trading, um, you know, or, or doing some long-term trades or just, just having a having a tool laying around uh, that your broker gives you just to look at charts, do research. Um, and it's, it's really nice, you know. It's, it's nice that they provide you with that. Uh, but, yeah, I don't, I don't get into... You know, for me and everybody's different when it comes to trading. Everybody, you know, I can't tell you. I could tell you, and I can teach you how I trade. But there's going to be a point where you're going to start to take information that I give you, mm-hmm. and you're going to develop your own style of trading. Right. Absolutely, there's, adapt. Yeah, everybody's different. Everybody has different personalities. So I've been focusing more on swing trading. Um, just because, you know, obviously I'm employed, you know, I have a, I have an employer. Uh, so I gotta, I gotta be focused at work. Um, but on the side I do, you know, I do make little small trades here and there, hold them for anywhere from like a couple of days, weeks or months. Um, you know, and if like they get to a point where, you know, I'm in profit and I think I should be taking that profit because it's getting to a certain resistance point, which is, if anybody doesn't know what resistance is, it's a point where the stock has trouble going past. Like the right. the price has trouble going beyond that. Point. Yeah, like with this one, it went up to twenty two, and then it right. Just, that's it, that's it, where it peaked out at. Yeah. It it hasn't gone above that. So right now it's consolidating around fifteen dollars. This is workforce that we're looking at over here. Uh, you know, and like for me, um, right now it's if it's in a no trade zone right there at fifteen dollars. I mean, fifteen dollars is a big psychological number. Uh, for, for people, you know, it's a big whole round number. Uh, but if it, if, if you, if I was looking at this and considering a trade on it, cause I knew something, um, on it, you know, I did some digging, I found something interesting and I think I had more potential to go up. Um, I would probably take a small position on that just to see how it will play out. And if it goes my way, 
you know, go in full size eventually and have a good average. You know, the thing is with trading is that um, I learned over time is mainly just about averages. Like, you know, you don't want to, especially on swing trading, you want to be more patient with your entries. Um, you know, with thinkorswim, you could put a uh, limit order uh, in there and just have it sit there for as long as you want until it fills. So, you know, like, for example, if you see that yellow line that I drew right there, 1235, let's just say I wanted to get in at that price point, I'll put a limit order for that. So once the price gets down to that point, I get filled, yeah. you know, and from what I'm looking at it right there, um, you know, it reduces my, my, uh, my risk, you know? So, and, and the thing is with trading is that you don't, you don't want to, uh, you never want to put all your money in one basket. Yeah. You know, like I have like four positions, four or five positions open right now, but you know, I'm not, and their positions, their position sizes that I'm comfortable with, you know, they could swing, you know, a couple of cents, maybe even a dollar, um, every day and I'll be okay with the movement, you know, and obviously I have a stop, uh, a, a, a stop out limit where, you know, if it goes down below a certain point, right. so you I'll don't lose. Yeah. Right. It's all about really like, just like, uh, uh, money, managing your money, you yeah. know, uh, you know, making your, your winners bigger than your losers. Um, you know, I started, I started, uh, huh, I started a, a swing trading account. It was actually a stock that I had, um, a marijuana stock that I bought, God, man, I want to say a couple of years ago, probably like 2015, somewhere around there. Um, I can't remember it, but it's, I bought it like uh, under $2. I bought some under $2. I bought more like in the low twos and that thing flew all the way up to like, I think like 12 bucks or something. Let me pull it up. It's, it's called uh, ACB, Aurora Cannabis. And this is like when this, the, it had a reverse split. Um, so it's not, the chart isn't as accurate as it used to be. Split is when they, they it's divvy when, up the stock, right? Yeah, they divide up the stock. So like right now, I forgot what kind of split they did. But uh, for example, like if you had like, let's just say you had like five shares, just to make it simple, just if you have five shares of stocks and it's like five to one split, then for those five shares of the stock that you have, now you have one share when they do the reverse split. And then what that, what that does is it, it, it makes it look like the price has gone up, Mm -hmm. but realistically everybody has less shares. Um, but there's just a higher price of it because everybody's shares got converted to smaller portions of shares. So it makes the price go up, you know, from there on out. Um, that's what, well, that's the way they open it up on the market when they do the reverse, but it doesn't mean, you know, you didn't win any money. You didn't lose any money. Uh, you're just, you know, you still have the same amount of, uh, of valued investment in there. You just have less shares now, yeah. you know. Uh, so That's what um, Tesla, Tesla and um, I believe it was Apple. Yeah, just Tesla, had. Apple, um, they've done those before. You know, and what it does is just, you know, especially with Tesla, I think they need to do one soon. Just it, it, it'll lower the, the price of the stocks or it becomes more affordable for other investors to get into. Apple has done several reverse splits before in the past too. Um, you know, when, and, and stuff like that, you know, if you're like a swing trader, that's the kind of stuff you kind of want to avoid. Um, knowing that kind of stuff ahead of time because it's when, when something does it a reverse split, it's, 
for me, it's like never good. It, 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 this hawk always ends up like taking, tanking most of the time um, when they do that kind of stuff. So, you know, for 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 me, um, like I like I was saying, like I'm not. I was I was very let me just say this out in in Aurora ACB I was very invested into it I was thinking like oh you know like stock uh, like pot stocks are hot you know this thing's gonna get legalized soon you know this is gonna go to the freaking moon um, so I held it you know I held it all the way up until they got uh, I can't even see it anymore cause the split but I think it got to like eleven or twelve dollars somewhere around there I sold. When it got to like eleven thirty three, eleven forty, to get my initial investment back, which was two thousand dollars that I put in there, mm-hmm. and then I let the rest just ride. I still had like nine hundred and fifty shares of it, and I was just let us do its thing. And then eventually, over the years, it came down, and um, you know, I was just like, God, man, you know, this thing was like worth like ten grand, and now it's like, you know, worth less than two. You know, which I still, which is still a really good profit on a $2,000 investment. But, you know, it could have been a lot more. I lost a lot of just by overholding. So what I ended up doing is selling it. um, And I was just like, I'm just going to trade, you know, this small amount of money that I have um, after selling this stock. So it was like 13, it was like 1338, $1,338 that I started trading this uh, swing trading account with. And uh, last month, it, I, I did a couple of trades and I got it up to 2400 So I almost doubled it, you know, nearly doubled it. Um, and now it's like back and it's just lingering around like two grand right now. So, you know, because I, I have these other open positions right now on some biotech companies that are, you know, biotechs are really sketch, um, but they're kind of hot right now just because everything that has that slaps a PR out there with COVID-19 or mentioning right. it or updating their and that's, vaccine. Hey, this vaccine's in phase two or I've phase been, three. Seeing that. And it freaking spikes, you know, like crazy. So I'm just trying to get a meat of the move on that. I'm, you know, it's hard to pick bottoms. It's hard to pick tops on, on stocks because you really don't know when they're going to top out and bottom out. But just by looking at charts, you have a pretty good idea of where those areas where may lie. Um, and you could, you know, you could place trades, so yeah, like, you know, this account has grown um since I started actively day trading it, but uh the goal for this one, you know, like I was just like, you know, if I could if I could flip this one, you know, I'll I'll probably increase my position size, expose a little bit more on each position just to grow it a little bit faster. Uh you know, so it's really it's you know, there's a the thing about trading is that a lot of, like I mentioned this before, a lot of people um, don't get, and it's not talked about a lot, is the psychology of trading. Like, you know, when, when, and then the emotional aspect of it as well also. Like when I start feeling greedy, you know, like I want the stock to go up, you know, another dollar or another 50 cents or even another 10 cents because, you know, I want to, I want to get, you know, it's already at my profit level and I want to, you know, I want to, I want more, you know, um, most of the time if I overstay, it'll, it'll decrease my profit target, you know, like it'll go below it and it's just like, crap, you know, I should have just taken it. Yeah. And the next thing you know, it keeps going further down, further down. And it's just like, shoot, man, I just gave back some gains. And it's just like, 
you know, I should have just gotten out where I planned on getting out. And that's the thing. You got to have a plan before every trade. You got to know why you're getting in, where you're going to get in, where you're going to take profit and where you're going to get out. Because okay. if you don't have that in mind, you're, 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 you're trading kind of like without any guidance. Yeah. Blind. You know, you're kind of, yeah, in a way, uh, you know, like for me, if, if I don't get out when I say I'm going to get out, it turns into a guessing game. Right. And you don't want to turn it into a guessing game because then you get emotional. And when mm-hmm. you get emotional, you make mistakes. Uh, so for me, if you have a plan on, on a trade, uh, follow the plan. You follow the plan to the T because if you ignore it, more times than not, something's going to go wrong. You're going to end up losing more money or you're going to end up taking less profit than what you planned on too. Uh, so you always got to have, you know, I always say like, if you have a plan, it takes the emotion out of it because you already know what you're going to do before you even get in the market. Yeah. And if, and if you just follow that, it makes trading a lot less stressful because it is very stressful. Um, and it makes it a lot more, uh, every time I get an alert about uh-huh. stock going down 5%, 10%, going up 15%, coming down, I'm like, why does this keep sending me an alert? Like, uh, for the most part, like, you know, you, you said there's different styles. And for me, I just, I'm investing in order to get out eventually. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm looking at different stocks that have long term like, potential, long term potential that, or I have some stocks that I'm like, okay, I'm going to put it in hoping that. They either get this contract with this company for which is then going to then shoot them up right. or, um, you know, it, they got an advertisement that I know is going to like it's supposed yeah. to be a big boom. Yeah. So that's where I get in most of my trades. It's not I'm, I don't do the day trading. You know, I don't have yeah. time to do the day. I trading. don't recommend anybody starting off with day trading like I did. You know, I, I started off day trading. It was just like I wish I would have looking at it back now. I wish I would have started swing trading because I just started getting more comfortable with swing trading because mm-hmm. I started day trading and when I started swing trading I was still in a mental day trading mentality you know I was just like I gotta get in and out you know <laughs> it's just like no you, you're holding this for a couple of days or weeks or a few months to see what happens you right. know it's not like you're getting in and out in and out like continuously because you gotta be quick on day trading if uh swing trading is a little bit more laid back uh you know I, I, if anybody's trying to trade stocks definitely test the waters with swing trading it's a little bit more laid back you know you could you could um you could still work check you know check the market every now and then see how you're doing you know if you're at your profit target get out if you're at your stop loss target get out and then reanalyze your positions you know um so you know like I have, like I was telling you, um, I'm very simple when it comes to trading. I don't complicate things. I don't use I- indicators. Um, well, I do use indicators, but very, very uh, minimum amount of indicators. Um, so, you know, I use different indicators for swing trading and, and stock trading. But really, when it comes to stock trading, I use one indicator. Um, and then, or one study indicator, and then I use, um, what is it, like two on swing trades. I use the 13 EMA. 
um, looking at the daily charts for the swing trades, and then I look at the RSI on the daily charts when I'm swing trading. Um, for intraday trading, I always have the VWAP. Um, What's that? It's like the average volume. Uh, it's the average trading volume for the day. So it's, VWAP? It's called VWAP, yeah. Okay. Volume, uh, volume weighted uh, average price. Okay. Uh, so with that, um, it's basically just a line in the daily chart, and that line uh, kind of shows you you know, what the weighted average price okay. uh, is is based off of all the right. volume and the movement for, for that day. Uh, so I use that line kind of like as a guide to tell when the when a stock is bullish or bearish. Um, you know, bullish is you want it to go up, bearish is you want it to go down. Um, and the thing is that I look for is um, support and resistance. I always draw lines where I see support and resistance, and I always base my trades off the lines. Um, and I found that to be the best way to kind of like approach it. Uh, it sounds simple, um, and it is simple. The thing is, when it comes to day trading, is following the plan and being patient with your entries because you can get bored looking at the screen. And you can make a boredom trade, and more times than not, if you do that, you're going to lose money. So I have certain price levels that I look at, and if they don't get there, I just don't trade. Yeah. Even if, like, you know, if I wanted, you know, if I wanted to buy this stock at three, three dollars, and it, it went all the way down to, to three ten, and then it started bouncing from there and moving in the direction I was, you know, expecting it to um you know i just i just i'd let it go because it's it didn't i didn't get filled i probably had an order sitting there and it just didn't get filled and by the time i noticed it it's probably like not even worth the trade anymore because you know i missed it and you're not always going to get every single one of them um you know some i i ended up chasing stocks sometimes where it's like oh man i didn't get filled you know i'm just gonna get it now and every time i do that it's just like Okay, like now my risk is, you know, 20 cents more than, than 20 to 30 cents more than my original risk level, which was like 10 cents, you know. Um, and when every time I do that, you know, yeah, I get emotional, you know, I jump into it. I get that FOMO where you just want to get in it and, and you know, because it's going your way. Right. And the next thing you know, you get it in and it's just like. Oh, I got in where I was expecting to get profit. I mean, take profit. You know, what yeah. the hell? Why the hell did I do that? And that's the emotional uh, part of it is that it'll blind you. You won't think straight. Um, so you always have to, when trading, regardless of what type of trading, and anybody, any trader would tell you, tell you this is that you always have to have a plan um, and a reason behind the trade. Because if you don't have that, then, like I said, you're just kind of like, just winging it, and if you wing it, you're gonna get you're gonna get wrecked. You yeah. know, you're gonna blow up your account. You know, you put twenty five hundred dollars in, th- three grand in, and next thing you know, it is like five hundred bucks, and it's almost gone. Yeah, and it, it makes people want to quit. Like when I started trading, when day trading, I lost like I don't know, man. Like I want to say anywhere from eight to ten grand. Just <laughs> like you know, I funded my account two grand. Um, day trader, I was like, God. Damn, man, I'm just 
losing money and losing money. And then, you know, I get down to like a thousand bucks, put another thousand dollars in, get it back to two grand. Um, Losing money, losing money, the same thing, rinse and repeat. You know, I just kept putting money into the account. I look back at it, I'm like, damn, I lost like eight, eight, yeah. $10,000 just, you know. But at, at that time, I was looking at it like, you know, I'm gaining experience out of it. It's, it was a very expensive, expensive. experience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I grew out of it over time. I got more educated. Um, I started, you know, I studied six months before I ever made my first trade. Um, I studied my ass off. I was trying to learn how to read SEC filings, um, you know, how to research companies, how to look for stocks, all that stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm ready. You know, I'm just going to freaking hammer this thing like there's no yeah. tomorrow. And, you know, I, I, I blew up several accounts. And it's just like, you know, no matter how ready you are when it comes to it, you're going to make mistakes. Until this day, I'm still making mistakes, yeah. you know. Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, until this day, I'm, I'm still learning as well too. And it's definitely like a, a learning experience every single trade, regardless if you win or lose, like you got to go back there, look at your trades be like, why did I, why didn't I get out? You know, cause you got emotional you got to be really true to yourself. Be like, this is what I did wrong. Cause us as human beings, we have a difficult time accepting that we are wrong. It's definitely always a learning experience. You're always learning. It never really stops, you know? And the market's always changing, so you always got to adapt. Like, right now, you know, biotech's hot. Um, you know, these EV um, companies are hot, you know, like Tesla. Right. Um, uh, Something I wanted to ask you about, actually, was uh-huh. uh, these uh, the ETFs. Yeah. Um, because I'm doing a different type of trading right. uh, than most because of my schedule. Mm-hmm. So what is your feeling about the ETFs? Those are, I don't really touch them. Um, it's just, you know, I, I just focus on, on just regular stocks. I don't, I don't really touch ETFs. I mean, I will, if one really looks attractive and I think there's potential there, I'll go for it. Right. Um, Cause what it is, is a, it's a bundle, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like you're getting a little bundle of everything, you know, like, um, you know, you get like a, you could, there could be an ETF with, you know, like for metals, you know, so you're getting like different kinds of stock. gold, silver, yeah, gold, silver in it, right. um, copper, you know, different commodities are in that ETFs. Yeah. And you know, if you buy real estate the other day too. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's different ones for each sector of the market and it just depends. They're all, you know, there's several for each, several for each of the market, you know, you just got to find, do some diggings and see how they're different. You know what your money's going into if you do um, put your investment in there. Uh, so it's it's uh it's like I said it's it could be securities commodities um, in there and it's just like a mix of them. It could be just different kinds of securities or different kinds of commodities or a mix of others. Uh, it just depends, you know. Uh, but me personally, I don't really look at that. You know, it's I I know some people that do and um, are kind of big on it. Not me though, you know. I I I just look at stocks and it's stocks are more predictable in my point of view, Uh, you know. And the thing is, I don't trust companies. I don't I don't trust. You know, I know there's Apple, Amazon, and they do great and everything, Um, but I just have a really hard time trusting companies. And I think it's because of the way I started trading, day trading. 
Um, you know, I knew everything that I was trading was crap. You know, I knew they were like pumping dumps and I was just trying to take advantage of, you know, a piece of the pie, you know, try to get a little bit of profit here, there. And, um, you know, when you first start out, um, it's very emotional, uh, put in that first trade, watching your money go up and down, Yes. you know, you know, you're, you're, you're up, you know, probably like a few dollars to a couple hundred dollars. And then, you know, you, as quickly as you went up, um, that's it can, it what the first 30 out. days for me has been like, yeah, I think I was like, uh, my account said I put three grand and mm-hmm. like, I took that from out of my, uh, I took that from out of my, I had a, an app that, you know, uh, cures money. I can't even think of the name of it right yeah, now. Yeah, it's like set, it like rounds up your savings. Yes. To like the nearest dollar or something like that. Yeah. And it, What's the name of it? Acorns or Acorn. It's or, the Acorn account right. that I had. Yeah. So I took that out and then I looked at my account and it said that I was up a hundred dollars and then I dropped from a hundred dollars to a uh, lost like a hundred and ten. Yeah. I was like, but I don't think I've invested all my money into the, in, in that account yet. I think there's still there's still part of the cash that I have in the account yeah. that I haven't invested. Yeah. So so see like you're like I said you're you're trying to like invest little by little over time. Right. And like Acorn's simple. It's it's a nice little app to get your feet wet. Um, but you know what they have are are kind of like ETFs on there. Right. You know that's what you're putting your money in on mm-hmm. that. If I remember correctly, because I used to have that app. I only used it for savings. Yeah, that's yeah. basically what it is for me. Yeah, I didn't. I never used it for trading or investing. I just used it as a way to save money, and then I switched over to Stash, which is basically the same thing. Um, and they're good apps for you know somebody who doesn't want to. For starters, you know they like these apps. They kind of like you know already done a little bit of research. They tell you what kind of ETFs they have available, and you decide which one you want to put your money into. Um, so. For for me, it was like an app um, that I just kind of used for savings. Like I had like seventy six dollars every week come out of my bank account, um, and and get put into my stash account, and I did that uh, over and over and over again. And then next thing I know, like a couple months down the road, I have like two thousand dollars just sitting in there, and I would withdraw that money from my bank account. Um, and I did that several times already, and it was just nice. Uh, Knowing that, you know, every, every week I was putting money aside, um, to, to save up. And that really helped me save. You know, I use it more of a saving strategy, uh, with those apps than I did investing. I never really like put my money into anything on those. Um, cause I just, it's not, it's not my style. You know, it's not, they don't have charts or they just kind of like more information about what you're putting your money into. Um, so, I would just use it as a savings, um, a, a way to, for automatic savings. Right. And, you know, once they got to a certain point, I would withdraw it. You know, every time I got like 1500 2000 saved up, I would withdraw it and just like, wow, it's, it's nice, you know? Right, right. It allowed um, to stack back up again. Right, exactly. You know, so... Um, yeah, I didn't even remove all that money out of there. I took a portion of it because I said, okay, I'm going to need something to build off of later. Yeah. And who knows, you know... There's a, you know, there's, there's other apps like Robinhood Mm -hmm. that are, in my view, like a little bit better when it comes to like stocks. 
um, or doing options are pretty good for, with options. They make it easier. Um, but um, I, I really don't use any of them right now because of what's been going on. I kind of like pulled all my money out of stash. Um, what do you mean? What's been going on? Talking about COVID or? Yeah, COVID, you know, like just, okay. just you know, um, you know, if stash says, hey, you know, we don't have any money because everybody took their, their crap out. Like, right. Well, I want my money. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So. I uh, I mean, they're they're insured, um, FDIC insured, which you know they'll cover up to two hundred fifty thousand. Um, if actually, you know what, Stash is not insured. I think no, they're not. Acorns, I believe, is. Yeah. Um, so when I read that Stash was not Acorns. Yeah. I when I when I when I read that Stash, stash wasn't, like, I was just like, yeah, let me give them money. Out of yeah, this yeah. Right I now. think Stash what they're advertised is like uh, you can buy uh, weed stocks. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's, they talk about something about acorn, but I don't like that flashy. Like, I felt like that's, that was our flashpoint. Like, Oh, you can invest in marijuana. And yeah. I'm like, eh. Yeah. Um, you know, like for me, when it comes to just trading overall, it just, yeah, I'm always on, you know, the finger swim platform looking at charts or I'm on trading view looking at charts or I'm on my phone looking at charts bro I'm always looking Looking at at charts charts. yeah it's like chart porn right (laughs) so and I drive my girl crazy with it she's like I don't know what the hell is so freaking important about those damn charts I don't even know what the hell you're looking at what are you looking at I'm just like you wouldn't understand I don't even bother Um, do you have an account for her that you trade for her uh, no she's given me money um, for me to put um uh, uh, to to invest money for her, mm-hmm. um, and I've done that. Uh, but you know, it's it's not like a ton that she's given me. It's yeah. just something that she gave me. To yeah, test something that you know. I mean, she gave me she gave me like seven hundred bucks. Um, I put it into Bitcoin, and it's worth like a thousand dollars right now. Right. So you know, nice little three hundred dollar game right there. Uh, so you know, she she asks me about it every now and then, and you know, she's like. Oh, that's awesome. You know, when I tell her, Hey, you know, you're kind of like breaking right now. She's like, what the hell is it doing? <laughs> Cause she doesn't understand it. Right. You know? So I told her not to worry about it. It's more like a long-term hold kind of thing. And me, you know, like I, like I was saying earlier, I got into uh, cryptocurrency back in 2017. Um, and, uh, I, I did some, some risky stuff when I got into it. I had, you know, back then, I think you could do it now on Coinbase. I think they allowed it again, but, um, and then they, but anyway, when I, when I first got into it, I was, um, you know, I was looking at these cryptocurrency and everything was moving, you know, Bitcoin was on the news, a lot of hype around it. Um, my sales manager had like two of them or something and he was making, you know, his, his, his portfolio was increasing by a stupid amount every freaking week. And I was just like, man, I got to get into this. So, I opened up a Coinbase account and um, I was like, man, because, you know, um, being in sales, car sales, you know, I know how credit works. I know mm-hmm. how you can leverage your money and all this kind of stuff. And I know, uh, you know, I had a couple of credit cards laying around. So I was just like, let me, you know, instead of putting my money at risk, um, let me put their money at risk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, their interest rates are like 20, 25%. But I don't care. You know, if it's going where I think it's going to go, 
I'll probably have, I'll probably more than double the money and be able to pay it back. So that's what I did. I, I bought a lot of Litecoin. I had like 30 of them or 35 of them or something like that. I bought them all at 50 bucks. Um, some right under $100 when it broke $100. And I sold them like in two, yeah, like 280 or something like that. Somewhere around there. Two, oh, they were two, at 280. So you 288 or something like that is when I sold it. So, you know, for every, like, I think my, I, I want to say like, I probably had like a $70 or $78 average around there. So for every $78 that the price moved, I doubled my money. All right. So back then, I mean, if you look at the chart back in 2017 for, for Litecoin, I think that, I mean, that thing just went straight up eventually. Right. And when it peaked out, I was just like, man, I should just keep holding. You know, I started feeling that greed. Right. But after, you know, this is seven, 2017. And from my experience back from 2014 up to that point, it's just like, no, sell because when you feel greedy, when you get this greedy, you end up giving right. a lot of profit back. And I'm glad I did sell because it pretty much almost sold at the top. I think it's it topped out like a three something. Um, and I sold like in the 280s or something like that. Uh, so, so that's a good flip. Oh, yeah. It's a great flip. <laughs> yeah. I freaking, you know, what I spent like, I don't know, like like $3,000 in in. $3,000, in, in credit cards just buying that. And I, I bought some Ethereum, too, and a little bit of Litecoin. And, you know, um, <laughs> I did something stupid, too. But anyway, I collected the profits. And then I was just like, oh, I should pay. I should pay these. Um, I should pay the credit cards. I should pay them off. And I didn't do that. Yeah. And that was my initial plan. Pay off the credit cards. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and, and so what'd you keep do the instead? rest of the money. Well, like an idiot. Um, I thought I was like, oh, I'm going to wait until all this stuff, you know, uh, drops and then get back in when I think, you know, it's going to start bouncing. Um, cause you never know what's going to happen. No. So what I ended up doing is I kept looking at these other cryptocurrencies, which were a lot more riskier mm -hmm. and I started buying those, um, with the money that I made and, you know, um, after wait with both the money you made and the money you borrowed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was right. Um, but like I said, lesson learned, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm a risky ass dude, man. Like I'll take some risks, you know? Right. Um, so anyway, instead of paying those credit cards off, I bought these other shit coins. Everybody likes to call them. And, uh, they, you know, basically all the money that I made, I gave back. I, I kept like three grand of it. I cashed it out. I put it into my bank account. Um, but you know, I, then I had, you know, I, I, I put all that money into all these shit coins and everything was crashing and they were crashing even faster because they were, you know, there, it wasn't Bitcoin, which right. was like the most valuable one out there. Uh, so they kept crashing and crashing and crashing. I'm just like, damn, it was all that money, you know? And I'm just like, crap. Now I got all these credit cards, you know? So... I'm more in debt now. I lost all the, all the, all the gains that I made. Right. Um, you know, I had a little bit of money that I just put into my bank account and I should have just put it towards the cards that I, I had to pay off or right. did I just held it in my account. But long story short, from there on out, I did a debt consolidation loan. I'm, you know, instead of holding all that interest on those credit cards and having a 25% interest rate that gets hit every freaking month, I just did a debt consolidation loan. 
uh, for, like nine, for like 9%. So every time I'm paying them, it actually, you know, it's actually paying down the account versus it's getting like 90% of my um, payments get eaten up by interest, you know, no, right. 26% interest rate. Exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'm chipping away at it slowly. I'm going to, you know, I have like a four year debt consolidation loan, but I'm going to probably pay that off a lot sooner. You know, I'm, I'm, it's about to be a year uh, next month. So, you know, I think uh, by the end of this year, I'm probably going to, um, you know, depending on how everything looks, hopefully the world's not collapsing. Yeah. Um, you know, and, yeah. and, and money is still a thing. I'll, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll put it into, uh, I'll put a good chunk down on the, uh, on the loan amount, so on the towards the principal, so it lowers the overall amount that they could charge me interest on. All right. So with this whole talking about money and, and how everything is going, do you think cash is still going to be a thing? Because in my opinion, I feel like I think that this is. I think everything's just going to go digital. Yeah. I don't think you know they always say um, in tradings, don't don't fight the Fed. Right. You know. Um, but I think there's going to be a digital dollar soon, you know, cash. I don't, I, I never carry cash on me. It's right. always credit cards. Right. Credit um, or debit. Yeah. You know, and I think, um, uh, I think everything's going to get digital. Mm-hmm. It'll be a digital dollar. You know, Venezuela tried to make their own right. cryptocurrency, the Petro or whatever right. the it was called, which was BS. It was just a scam. Um, but I really, I truly believe that Bitcoin is going to be like the universal yeah, money, yeah. you know? Um, if you look at the dollar chart, what is done since the early 1900s up until this point, I mean, it just goes down. Yeah. If you look at Bitcoin's chart since it came out in 2008, it's done nothing but go up. Right. It has been the best investment, you know, for the last, what, 12 years? Yeah. So... You know, the thing is that people don't realize is that when it comes to money is that, um, I mean, just look at what happened this year. You know, we have a pandemic, everything crashed, the government printed trillions of freaking dollars. And that's one of the things that bothers me is because, um, I did a little bit of research on something Mm -hmm. and the federal reserve is not like, it has nothing to do with the government. No, it's privately owned. I was like, what? It's it, privately that owned. That blew dude. my mind. I yeah. was like, what are you serious? Yeah, it's privately owned. Private yeah. bankers, you know, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds. Yeah. You know, all them. I think you knew something oh, about that. All day. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big conspiracy dude, so I you know, get me started on that. End. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, how in the world is th- is that even a thing? Yeah, that- but th- those are the guys that control the money. Yeah. You know, the big bankers. You yeah, know, they, they make a they billion dollars the media, a day or They something. control all the stuff. Or the markets, the news, the media, all that. And, you know, it's privately owned. Yeah. And the, the crazy thing is about it is that they came on TV and said, no, we can print as much money as we want. We can do whatever we want. We will never run out of money. So why the fuck do we pay taxes? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you taking my money? Then? Right. You know, like if you can just print as many as you want. I mean, obviously, they're diluting the dollar the more money they make. And that's the other thing I wanted to point out to you is that yes, when you, I, you know, obviously, everybody has like a savings account or has some money put away. Even if it's in a shoebox or in your bank account, it doesn't matter. Right. When the Fed printed those trillions of dollars earlier this year mm-hmm. just to keep the market from collapsing. Yeah, stimulant, stimulus. I didn't have to pen I didn't have to spend a penny 
okay, of my money. Um, but the Fed, just by printing all those trillions of dollars, my money is worth a lot less now mm-hmm. than it was last year just because they devalued the dollar right. by printing all those trillions of dollars. Like, they're wasting my money for me. Absolutely. And that's the thing. That's the problem that Bitcoin solves. You know, it's the deflationary asset. There's only going to be 21 million ever mined. You know, I think the last one is going to get minus in 2050 or somewhere around there. Um, but... Once all the Bitcoins are mined, there's no more to get. You know, they're all there. And, like, if you do the math, I, um, there won't be enough Bitcoin to go around for each millionaire. Right. Um, so, right now, I own 1.3 Bitcoins. Um, I'm trying to get it to two. Uh, so, you know, I, I long term, it's for me, it's just an asset I think any everybody should have. Um, you know, nobody controls it. The government doesn't control it. No government in the world controls it. You can't shut it down. Um, you know, it's, it, it truly is, in my point of view, the, the, the global currency. And I think a lot of people are waking up to that yeah. now more than ever. Well, you can trade Bitcoin with other yeah. cryptocurrencies because yeah. then they match. Right, exactly. You know, like what cryptocurrency traders do is that they don't trade cryptocurrencies to get more dollars they trade other cryptocurrencies to get more bitcoin they trade bitcoin against other cryptocurrencies right so you know like i was showing you um on 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 that trade i was i was doing um there's different charts you know there's you can look at the u.s you know like you have the bitcoin chart versus the u.s dollar you also Mm -hmm. have bitcoin versus link which is the trade that i'm in right now that i showed you uh, there's Bitcoin versus Ethereum. There's Bitcoin versus Litecoin. All right. So those are the charts you look at. You look at, um, and you you know you 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 put you know x amount of bitcoins in this certain um, price level. If you think it's going to go up from there, then you know you sell it when it goes up. You know, obviously, and it's the same thing as trading stocks. Uh, the cryptocurrency market is like is still like the wild wild west in my point of view. Yeah. Um, I you agree. Know, the 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 supports and the resistance levels are are easily uh, broken, and you know they're really like I don't know if you'll understand this, but I call them wicks. Everybody calls them wicks, where like the price will wick up to a certain level and then wick back down real quickly, like in a second or a couple of minutes, you know. Um, so it's it's a uh, for me, um, I I I. I look at trading cryptocurrency more of a swing trading way of it because day trading cryptocurrencies for me is not really worth it unless you're in these shady exchanges where they're giving you, you know, 10 times 100x leverage on your money. Um, and they're, you know, the moment you make one wrong move, your account's wiped out because you're using more buying power than you actually have. Uh, so the thing, when it comes to cryptocurrencies for me right now, it's just kind of like I have a little portfolio I'm going to kind of hold long term. Um, and eventually, you know, when it gets to certain levels, I'll start selling. But I will always have one Bitcoin. I will never, you know, because if you look at it, and this is what I was talking about with um, someone else one day. It's like, why would you sell an asset that keeps appreciation, keep appreciating value? For an asset that always depreciated value, 
Absolutely. You know, it's always inflated. So why would I ever sell my Bitcoins for dollars? You know, because pretty soon, like... It's not going to be worth anything. Yeah. You know, like... Uh, you, 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 you hear people t- uh, talk all the time about, oh, you know... My grandparents, they were able to buy a car for like three grand and it was it's brand really new yeah, and this and that. Different. And now they're so expensive. It's not that things got expensive. It's the thing is, is that our dollars are not worth what they used to be, right. you know? And like I said, that's the problem that Bitcoin solves is it's, you know, you're putting, you're putting your money somewhere where the government can't get it. Um, you could send, you know, I could send somebody money in China and nobody could stop that transaction, um, you know, from reaching the other person. Uh, you know, it's, it's a true decentralized platform where you could exchange funds to another person, another individual, you know, pay for services. Like if somebody wants to, I would take a payment in Bitcoin all day over, over, uh, dollars, you know, I'm, I'm getting to a point where I'm like, I'm like right now, every now and then I'll, I'll throw like a hundred, 200, 300 and to, um, Bitcoin or a cryptocurrency that I think is worth the money. Yeah, you know? Um, and, uh, I'm gonna get, I wanna set it up to where it's like, you know how I did with Stash. Mm-hmm. Every, every week I would have X amount of dollars go into that savings account for yes. Stash. And it was just dollars, you know? Um, but every amount of money that I'm, I'm gonna get now, I wanna like start putting little by little into like Bitcoins or, you know, other investments that I find more suitable because eventually for me, like, you know, if the fact could just print as much money as, as they want, then, you know, Might as well, why, yeah. why, what, what's the point of holding fiat, you so, know? Um, um, so yeah. what I was going to, what I was going to ask you was, was, uh, what's something because we're, we're going to wrap this up. Um, so, so what is a mistake that you've made that you would never make again? And investing. And and investing? Yeah. Um a mistake. Um just a mistake that I would never make again. <laughs> You're That's, thinking of every mistake that you have. Because it's gonna happen again. Right, right, no, of course. You know, it's, it's Well what's one that is avoidable? One what is one that is avoidable? Mm-hmm. Um I mean, really, none of them. None of them. Nah, you're, you'll make mistakes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I that I and this is more like an internal thing for me. Um, I always say your gut's like your second brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I have a really gut feeling about something, it, it's usually right. Mm-hmm. So I've been acting more on my gut uh, recently. Like, for example, on Link. When I saw the break, I think five dollars. It's all time high. I was just like, this this thing's about to run like crazy, and then that was my gut telling me that. Mm-hmm. I was like, you should buy this, and I bought that. And <laughs> I'm glad I did. <laughs> and now the same, my gut is telling me the same thing about this other cryptocurrency, which is um, uh, RLC, which is called Insect, and um, they they just broke. I think $2. Um, so I'm actually trying to get into that one right now. And I expect that one to probably go from two to 10. Okay. You know, so that's one that I'm going to take advantage of right now. Pretty much. I saw, I told you I sold some link yesterday and locked in some profits. So the profits that I got from that, 
I'm just going to roll it over into that because that's about to take off too. Yeah. So just looking at it, the chart technical side of it and what I know about that um, currency, it's 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 going to go. Same thing with Link. Um, if if people don't know what Link is, Link is pretty much like a oracle. It's uh it's an oracle that'll connect to other blockchains. So uh, other like Ethereum will go to Link to get data. Right. You know, like um, hey, you know, uh, like your data. Coinbase. You know, like is it? Is yeah, that- you know, I I think eventually, like all these exchanges, and I think the stock market eventually is going to go into the form of blockchain, where it's like more decentralized. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think there's always going to be manipulation in the market, regardless of cryptocurrency or or the stock market. Um, but I think everything's going to get more decentralized over time. Like right now, we have these cryptocurrency exchanges that you know are actual companies that put the platform up there, provide a service. But I think it's going to get to a point where like it's just a platform. Yeah, I'm just looking for the next move, you know. Yeah. So. Look, man, I appreciate you for coming through. Yeah, man. I've uh, learned a lot from you. Uh, I appreciate you. Yeah, Hopefully, man. I can have you come back and we can yeah, link we'll up on, like, yeah, yeah, link up on, like, something reoccurring or, you know, every other month, you know, you yeah. just come in and just talk about some. Yeah, maybe next time I open up that uh, that broker overseas, I'll, I'll let you know how that's going. Well, I appreciate you. Thank yeah. you for the workout. You got it. <laughs> <laughs>